Hey everybody, so today we're going to be talking about something that everybody wants to talk about, death. <laughs> uh, you're going to die, I'm going to die, we're all going to die someday. But, you know what, the good thing is, for us believers in Jesus Christ, it is not really a death sentence, not, not exactly. Uh, there are a couple of things that I wanted to talk about in today's Peck Report. First, uh, the idea of quantum consciousness. Now, I've written about this before, uh, but most recently in uh, my new book, Afterlife. Um, but I, I recently put out an article on DailyRenegade.com about the uh, the afterlife, but, but mainly about uh, the, this idea of quantum consciousness. The question is, does your consciousness... Um, equal your soul is your is your spirit or your soul is that your consciousness and if so where is it is it in is it inside of the body somewhere or does your body act like a receiver and is your soul somewhere else uh, we're going to talk about that because the bible actually has something to say about that and then also a little bit later i want to talk about our future bodies and really the need for resurrection uh, and this is gonna this is gonna go deeper. Uh, this this actually is. I'll be for members only. I'm going to be reading an excerpt from my new book, Afterlife. Um, this goes further than just, well, we're gonna get new bodies and we'll be able to fly around and we'll be able to do all this cool stuff. Yes, but this goes beyond that. This goes this goes further uh, than any other Christian source I'm aware of uh, has ever gone. And uh, we're going to talk about all that and more, how death is not really a death sentence, in today's Peck Report. All right, everybody, hope you are doing well. First off, I must apologize for the poor video quality. Please stay with me. Uh, I know, especially, maybe I can get some more light in here. No, not really. Um, there's a lot of speckling going on. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on my computer. I'm in the, the rental apartment in Memphis right now. Uh, why am I in Memphis? Uh, many of you who follow me already know my my son, my six year old son Nathan has cancer, and uh, we are here for his treatments at St. Jude's. Uh, they've been taking very good care of him. Um, they they cover his treatment, but they don't cover uh, lodging because we have a big family. Um, we we have four kids, so uh, they they don't cover lodging. They don't cover travel, food, any of that stuff. So while we're here, we're kind of on our own, and that's why. I've been mentioning this in every video and saying that if you care to help, uh, there's links in the description below, dailyrenegade.com slash donate. There's several ways that you can help. There's a GoFundMe, there's a PayPal option, there's even a physical P.O. box. If you'd rather send a check or money order, you can do that and help. Um, and this is our reality for the next at least three years, uh, and we'll, we'll just have to see how it goes after that. But uh, th so that that's what's going on. We're here for Nathan's cancer treatments. Uh, they do cover treatments, but they don't cover anything else, which I'm not complaining. I, I I'm just he, he's he's 
they're taking care of him. So I'm, I'm happy about that. But anyway, uh, so I'm not at my studio, obviously, and um, I don't have any of my equipment. I don't have my webcam or microphone or anything like that. I, I, I have a laptop and I have earbuds. <laughs> That's what I have. So uh, you'll have to excuse the poor video quality and audio quality, but I hope that I can make it up uh, with the content that we're going to talk about. And, you know, this is something that I've thought about a lot, too, a lot about, really a lot about, and I'm sure many of you have. If you're a human being, you have thought about your eventual demise. I mean, like I, I sort of said it jokingly in the beginning, but it's true. You know, we none of us are getting out of this alive. So what comes next? Uh, and, and, you know, the typical Christian answer, for those who are brand new to the show, I'm a Christian, um, the typical Christian answer is, if you believe in Jesus, go to heaven. If you don't, you go to hell. Okay, that's true, but that's it, it's kind of shallow. It's surface level stuff, right? There, there, there should be something more. I mean, isn't there like like what does that mean exactly? What is, what does it mean to to go to heaven? Uh, what what does it for that matter mean to go to hell? So. Uh, my my co-host on another show that 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 I host called Chalk Talk, my co-host Donna Howell and I, um, we've we've talked about this before, and we've had really good conversations about it. And we decided a while ago that we wanted to write a book uh, about the afterlife from a Christian perspective, but in a way that that's not been done before. So I don't want I don't want it to seem like this is the typical, you know. Y- you die and there's clouds and it's glorious and beautiful and that's heaven or or if you don't have Jesus then you're in hell and you we all know what those books are like you know you see the book it's like clouds on the cover and it's it's you know that and all that stuff is fine but those books they they just say the same things over and over and over again and they don't they don't get into any new material and there's so there's so much new material to get into what what do we do with near-death experiences as a Christian? Why do non-Christians have positive uh, near-death experiences? Why is that? You know, if it's, and it's true, some, some, many of them do, not, not all of them, but many of them do. Many non-Christians who aren't saved, they have not given their life to Jesus, uh, they have a near-death experience, and it's positive. They, they feel love and light, how do we deal with that? And most Christians uh, won't discuss it. They won't write about it in their books. They won't try and provide an answer. They they, they ignore it, basically. Uh, or, even worse, they'll say that the, the person who's reporting it is lying. I, I don't take that approach. I believe that what they experienced is exactly how they reported it. But there's got there's got to be a reason. If if our faith in Jesus is that strong, it should accommodate that type of thing. So what is that? And and then on the other hand, you have uh, near death experience researchers who are not Christian. These are researchers. They're not Christian, and many of them will ignore the hellish experiences because in in a lot of near death experience research. Many of them want to say it's a good afterlife for everybody. But then they come across some examples of people having a very hellish and nightmarish uh, afterlife or, or, or near-death experience. Let's put it that way. Let's, let's leave afterlife out of it for now. Uh, near-death experience. Uh, and, but 
many of them will ignore that. If they do give an answer, they'll say something like, well, you know, their, their psyche or, or, or their spirit or, you know, whatever, it's got to work out some past stuff that they did or some past, tri- it's got to work it out. But ultimately, it's only for a time and ultimately uh, it, they'll, they'll, they'll get to the good place. You know, they'll, they'll be okay. But is that the truth? I mean, we, we are talking about a place here, in my opinion, that's outside of space and time. So if it's outside of time, how can it just be for a time? And, and then it's something else. I mean, that, that, that would presuppose that time is involved, which means there's still some constraint. That's what I'm saying. Because some might say, well, how do you know there's not time there too? Well, if there is time there then you're still constrained by something and you're not fully outside of whatever it is. You're not fully out of it yet. You're still in something. You're not, you're not out of it. Does that make sense? So, like me, I, I, I'm a spirit in a body and when I die, that spirit will, will, will leave the body. So what is my ultimate hope as a Christian? Ultimately, the the hope of the Christian is that they they're with Jesus, you know, forever. They're 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 with Jesus in eternity, I should say, and we'll get into the distinction there. Um, but to the New Ager or to the non-Christian NDE researcher, they would say, "Well, you're you're not you're not bound by physical constraints anymore. Time is a physical constraint." So how does that work? Is it is it that if you don't have you know the the bad stuff in you, if you don't have the trauma or 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 the bad stuff in you, then you get to escape time, but if 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 you do, then you have to be there for a time until you're outside of time. But if you're outside of time, wouldn't that mean that you're all you were already outside of time to begin with because you're outside of it? It's like it's like right right now, I'm in an apartment building. You can call this apartment building time. I can only see this room, you know, and you can only see this room in a very low quality video format, which I again apologize for. But I can only I can only see this. The only way that I can see this apartment building in its entirety is if I'm outside of it. That's the only way that I can really know it. Uh. And the reason that I bring up knowledge is because a, a lot of these researchers they'll 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 bring that up. You know, you you have ultimate knowledge when you when you leave your body. You 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 know everything. You 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 have ultimate experience, ultimate knowledge. The only way that that's possible is if you're outside of it. And there is actually a Christian answer for that. We're going to get to that in a moment. But for me to know what this apartment building is, I can't look at it from the inside. You know, I, I can I can look at it and see, okay, this inner wall here, it's it's you know made of wood and plaster, it's painted white, you know, there's uh there's blinds here, uh there's a light up there and a fan. And and I can I can kind of try to construct what the outside of the building would look like, or even what reality outside of this entire building might look like, but it would all be based on what I know here and how wrong would I be? How wrong would I be? I, I I would envision a world full of ceiling fans and white plaster and and wood and and stuff like that because I don't I don't know I wouldn't know anything different. So 
when it comes to time, you know, the Bible talks about eternity, and I, I, I do believe that eternity and infinity are different. I think eternity is a state outside of time. Uh, and and again, we're going to get into that in a minute. But how does the near-death experience researcher explain a hellish experience for a time? If after death you're not bound by time anymore, it, it would have to mean that there's a state between life and death. Well, it, it wouldn't be between life and death. It would be at death because you'd be dead. So there's a state that one could exist in, in death, after life, that's still subject to time. And I don't know how many of them would be willing to make that leap. Uh, so, but, but again, and, and we'll talk about that, but I'm more, I'm more interested in, in the idea that, that a lot of Christians, they, they, they don't like to deal with the idea that there are non-Christians who have positive or ple- pleasant, it's probably a better word, pleasant near-death experiences. Why is that? How could that be? There, there, are, there are people who were atheists, and they had a near-death experience, and it was pleasant, and they came back, and then they were a total New Ager after that. They decided New Age was the way because of their experience. How does that happen? So we're, we're going we're, we're gonna to get into some of these ideas. Um, some of this is going to be members only because it has to be. Uh, don't blame me, blame YouTube. Uh, YouTube will not allow me to talk about anything that I want to talk about. Uh, I, I have to fall within their paradigm of what they think is acceptable. Uh, but what I want to talk about first is is this idea of quantum consciousness. Maybe, and this is this is one piece of this very elaborate puzzle that we try to put together in our book Afterlife, which should be available somewhere around February, March of 2020. You can get it at Skywatch TV or uh, excuse me, uh, SkywatchTVStore.com. You can find it there. It, it's simply called Afterlife. Josh Peck. Donna Howell, Allie Anderson Henson. Uh, those are the authors. We, we worked really hard on this. I'm, I'm extremely proud of it, uh, you know, not in a sinful way. I, I just I, I, I like I like the idea that I have my name attached to something that's providing answers for Christians where they don't have anywhere else to go. Because again, um, and I'll be the first to admit, when you look for Christian answers on these things, the answers that you get are very shallow. Uh, they don't really explain why. A lot of times it's because the Bible said so, and then when you probe further, you find out that, oh, it's this person's interpretation of what he or she thinks the Bible says. We don't do that in afterlife. Um, we we provide answers to these things. We get into NDEs. We get into... Um, positive ones, hellish ones. We get into how other uh, religions have tried to define these things throughout time, throughout our ancient history, and, and, and we've shown how the Christian perspective just logically, philosophically, and without saying because the Bible says so, but the Christian perspective, well, 
biblical. We'll say that. The biblical perspective. I don't want to say the Christian perspective because then people are going to think mainstream Christianity and they have very uh, shallow answers. The biblical perspective um, is the most logically consistent one. And I'm going to give you a couple of small pieces of that tonight. So what we're going to do first, I'm going to read uh, and show you an article that I wrote about uh, where our consciousness is, what our consciousness is, what our spirit is. Uh, and, and I hope that, you know, I, I provide some analogies to help it make sense. And then in the members only content, I'm going to talk about the resurrection, why there is actually a need for a resurrection. Even if you're not a Christian, even if you are not a Christian, if you are a secular philosopher, you're, you're probably thinking like, all right, the resurrection is ridiculous. There's no need for that. There is though, there is, there's a need for a resurrection. And I'm going to explain, I'm going to explain why that's going to be members only content. But, uh, so let's get into it. We'll just get into it. Um, all right, here we go. So it, it, it doesn't look great. I, I, <laughs> I do have this article up at dailyrenegade.com, but because of the internet here, again, Memphis, uh, the internet here is awful. <clears throat> I wasn't able to access it. So uh, we're going to have to read the, the, the rough draft of my file. I, I think I did make changes in this version. So I think what we're going to look at now, this pages document, is the final version. But if it's not, I know, it, I know the material well enough. I will um, I'll, um, correct mistakes if there are any. But what I titled it is Salvation and Quantum Consciousness. Has Science Accidentally Proven the need for Jesus. So let's get into it. Uh, now, there are many different ideas that fall under the umbrella of quantum consciousness. And I don't know if you've ever heard this term. It's a very fancy term. Don't be intimidated intimidated by it. Uh, basically, what it is, is that physicists do not know what consciousness is. So quantum physicists have tried to define it, and they can't do it. They, they, they haven't been able to. They are unlikely to. To be able to do it, uh, but they've tried, so they've they've made this term quantum consciousness. But there's a lot of different ideas that fall under that uh, to try to explain the phenomenon of consciousness. So the notion of self awareness is strange; science can't explain it. For that matter, religion has trouble explaining it as well. How would you define consciousness? Well, I would say that's the spirit. Okay, what's the spirit? Uh, it has something to do with the soul. What's the soul? I think it's consciousness. See, I, I, how do you how do you explain it? Really, how do you explain self awareness? And self awareness is so subjective. By its nature, all it is is subjective. Uh, so we all know we have it, but it's so subjective, you can't explain it in objective terms. That's why we don't know if animals are self-aware. They act as if they are to a certain extent, but we don't really know. Uh, that, that's why the, the old philosophical question of how do you know that you weren't created 10 seconds ago with all of the memories of a past former life that don't really exist and all the people around you are just fake. They're, they're not real. They're just avatars. How do you know? Well, you, you, you don't. Because consciousness is subjective. So religion, religion, philosophy, and science, none of them has a really good answer on this. 
uh, we, we, you know, religion at least provides an answer on how it came to be, um, you know, because of God. But again, somebody could claim, well, that's a God of the gaps theory. You know, just because you can't explain something means that you are uh, going to just say that God did it. And fine, fair enough. But let's let's move on because it goes deeper than that. So science can't explain self-awareness. And for that matter, religion has trouble explaining it as well. We all generally know what consciousness is based solely on our own subjective experience of it, but we cannot explain how it works. In fact, because of the utter subjective nature of consciousness, it is likely we will never be able to explain how it works in any objective sense. It would be like trying to explain what a clock is while living inside of its housing, only seeing turning gears through bitter darkness without ever being able to see the full, complete object from outside in the light. Again, like I said, with the apartment room and the, you know, being outside and looking at the apartment complex. However, all is not lost. We do have some clues. We can examine some of the gears and attempt to imagine a clear picture of how consciousness and the connection between brain and mind works. <clears throat> now, when I say mind in this, <clears throat> mind, soul, spirit, they could all be talking about the same things. Uh, but theories of quantum consciousness attempt to do just that. Some theories push way too far into pure imagination. Some theories don't push far enough and remain safe, embedded in materialism. Others might have a fair balance between the two. So philosophers and scientists have been debating the location of consciousness for quite some time. Now most would suspect consciousness is something to be found within the brain, yet a few have proposed that it is instead something that exists outside of the body, even outside of time and space altogether. Uh, you know, perhaps the earliest modern explanation of this idea came from French Nobel recipient and Jewish philosopher Henry Bergson, who proposed free will must exist outside of physical reality as we know it. Now, throughout the years, the other scientists and philosophers building on that idea, today we have a model of consciousness that postulates the brain works more as a receiver for consciousness rather than consciousness existing as a process of the physical brain or existing within the brain. So maybe the brain is the receiver. Now, does religion have anything to say about this? So throughout the years, religion, especially Christianity, uh, tends to see consciousness or the mind as synonymous with the spirit or soul. So mainstream Christianity generally believes the, uh, that, that the, um, the spirit or the soul and or spirit is located. Some, see, I make spelling mistakes too believes the should and or spirit, that should be soul, uh, believes the soul and or spirit is located somewhere within the body. Now, the concept of the brain being a receiver for the mind or consciousness or spirit typically is unknown within modern mainstream Christianity, but the Bible actually provides us with some evidence that this idea, at least in part, is compatible, if not even encouraged, by early Christian thought. Christians might have got a hold of this idea before the scientists did. Ephesians 2, 4, and 6, 4 through 6. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love which he, uh, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, 
made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, this is clearly talking about salvation through Jesus, but look at the past tense language used here. When we decided to follow Christ, he made us alive and raised us up and seated us with him in the heavenly places. So we tend to expect uh, these things after physical death. But what if the spirit actually does exist outside of the body? What if our consciousness, in a sense, is being transmitted from somewhere else? And what if the brain is receiving that transmission uh, and the result is consciousness? Now, the only problem is this only scratches the surface of half of the issue. So the passage prior to what we looked at, Ephesians uh, 2, 1 through 3, states, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the uh, course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Now, this seems to indicate we were in one state to begin with. Then, after we decided to follow Jesus, we were raised into a different state. Uh, now, speaking of what the original state of man is, Genesis 2, 7 says, uh, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now, the man was not a living soul prior to God breathing the breath of life into him. That's what the passage says. Therefore, the man did not pre-exist his physical creation. And that's important to know. Also, the breath of life was breathed into the man's physical body through the nostril. So this would seem to indicate the original creation plan was for the soul spirit to exist within the physical body. Yet at some point, mankind decided to rebel against God and this physical body became corrupted, resulting in what is explained in Ephesians 2, uh, 1 and 3. Now, I bring that up because some people believe that we were alive in heaven before we came to earth. No, you weren't. Uh, it, it just, this doesn't, the only example we have to go by is Adam is the first man. And this tells us he became a living soul when God breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. So there, there's nothing to indicate that we were in heaven beforehand. At conception, uh, right when the sperm meets the egg, that is not only the birth of the physical body, but that, or, 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 well, birth is fine. It might not be the birth through the birth canal, but it's, it's the, 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 the birth of the physical body in the womb. But it's the birth of the, the, the spiritual self as well. The, 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 the spirit, the soul, the consciousness, mind, whatever word we want to attach to that. And all these things might mean different things. Uh, but it's, it's at that point that all is created within a single individual. You know, it, it makes me wonder if we should actually be celebrating our birthdays nine months before we were born. You know, uh, conception days should probably be more important than our actual birthdays. Uh, because that really is the exact time you uh, came into the world. Uh, so, continuing on, the, the physical body, and seemingly likewise the soul spirit that resides in it, is a body of death. 
Therefore, if the body dies, it's assumed that the, sp the soul or spirit would die as well. And this second death, this second death, and, and, and we're going to get to the Jesus stuff in a minute, but just after the fall, somebody without Jesus, um, this second death is explained in Revelation twenty thirteen through 15, which says, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. All right, so it seems if the if the soul or spirit was uh, is allowed to continue within the physical body, then the soul and spirit is susceptible to the same death that the physical body is destined to endure. Again, you get the same beginning, you get the same birth. The soul spirit is created the same time the physical body is created. It would stand to reason the death of the physical body would also be the death or in biblical terms, the second death, of the of the spirit or soul. Now, again, we haven't even gotten to the Jesus stuff yet, but but that that seems like how it, that, that it should be like that. that that's that, that's what it seems like it would be. And many people believe that. Many people believe that when you die, you're nothing. You're 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 dead. You you are as you were before you were born. Like I was born in '84. I don't remember 1983. You know, it's impossible. I didn't exist. Anyway, well, I guess I technically existed for a part of it, but you know what I mean. Uh, but if a person gives his life to Christ, then his soul spirit, his solar spirit, is raised and seated in the heavenly places, kept safe from the death of the physical body. Now, that is interesting, and that's what Ephesians uh, 4 through 6 seems to say, that when we accepted Christ, we were raised to seat uh, with Jesus. So we're raised in eternity, we're kept safe from the physical death of the body, whereas before our our our, our being was was tied and attached to the physical body in that if the physical body were to die, so would our spiritual self, like we would just be dead. But what salvation does is it takes your yourself out of your physical body and seats it in heaven in eternity where it's safe with Jesus. So I, I have I have a couple of analogies that we can get into to kind of explain this a little bit further. You'll have to excuse me. Um, I don't want to I, I don't want to take drinks on camera because I, don't, I you know just it's kind of gross. But um, um, I, I, I've I've recorded like three episodes today of Peck Report, so my my throat's getting a little dry. But um, uh, so modern analogies, we, we we can use those to help explain this concept. Concept. So when listening to music on a smartphone, you know, you got a phone, listen to music on it. There is a clear difference between streaming music and listening to downloaded music. So on my phone. I have music that I stream from some other source, and I have music that's actually downloaded and stored on the phone itself. And there's a difference. Now, downloaded music, again, it's stored on the phone itself, whereas streamed music is stored somewhere else outside of the phone. So streamed music is not stored on my phone. Downloaded music is. So when you download a song on your phone, it is only available to you through that specific phone. Um, if, if your phone breaks and, uh, you know, you're not able to access that copy of that song anymore, 
you could still probably go and stream it, but but the copy that you downloaded, if your phone breaks, it's gone too. If your phone dies, the song dies, in a sense. Now, if you stream a song, then your phone is accessing the song through a streaming service. That song is safe somewhere else, uh, independent of your phone. So, while the result is exactly the same as downloaded music, meaning you, you still get to hear the song, the way the song gets to your phone is different. Rather than being inter internal, such as with download, downloaded music, the source is external. This means if anything happens to your phone, the song is still safe. If your phone dies, the song is still available. The existence of that specific song file is not dependent on the existence of your specific phone. So th think of the phone as the body, the downloaded song as the corrupted spirit, and the streamed song is the saved spirit. Now, just like the downloaded song, uh, if someone dies while their spirit is still within their body of corruption, that person is eternally lost. It's just gone forever. Sorry about the sirens. Again, I'm in downtown Memphis. <laughs> we, can, we can give that a minute. All right. That's actually a common occurrence here. It's not the safest place in the world. All right. Um, but just like the downloaded song, if someone dies while their spirit is still within their body of corruption, that person is eternally lost. They're gone. Uh, not coming back. However, if a person is saved through Jesus, then that person is raised up and seated in safety so that when the body dies, the spirit is saved, like the streamed song. So like the songs from the outside. They're, they both look and sound pretty much the same. You know, a streamed song and a downloaded song, provided you have a good internet service. Uh, you know, they, they, they sound the same. Now, whether streamed or downloaded, the music plays the same. Whether saved or unsaved, people operate the same. We all do. We all have our faults. We all have our goods. Uh, we, we all basically operate the same. But something profound is happening in the areas that we're unable to see. Now, a similar analogy can be made with the article, uh, and I, I use the art, again, I, I put this out as an article, but let's just say the video that you're watching right now. I'm going to read it as article, supplant article with video, and you'll get it. Uh, because right now, <coughs> if you're watching this on YouTube, you're streaming it. <coughs> if you've downloaded the video, then, then, then you have it. But it's the same thing. So right now, you can see the article over... Uh, on this side. Um, now, so you can make a similar analogy with the article that, that, that I wrote that you are reading along with me. If I were to write this article and store it on my computer without uploading it to the internet, this article's existence would be dependent on the existence of my computer. So if my computer breaks, the article is gone forever and it would never be seen again. But if I upload the video or if I upload the article to the internet, it doesn't matter if my computer breaks. Same with this video that you're watching right now. Doesn't matter. The the article or video, it's safe. The article exists outside of my computer. The video that you're watching right now, it exists outside of my computer. Even though I'm using my computer to make the video, once I upload it to the internet, it's safe no matter what happens to my computer. Uh, even though outwardly the article reads the same, it looks the exact same, the video plays the same, whether on my computer or on the internet, it's still a huge difference in terms of what's going on behind the computer screen. 
And that's why, you know, you, you hear the you hear this common argument from uh, atheists that say, you know, name name one thing, name one moral good thing that a Christian can do that an atheist cannot do. Well, it's a false pretense. We're all human. Uh, we can all do good things. We can all do bad things. But that that's that's not the point. That that would be like saying name one word in a in a downloaded song, or name one word in a streamed song that a downloaded song can't play. It plays the same. It doesn't matter. That that's not even a sensical question. Uh, you know, so like Christopher Hitchens had that had that argument, and 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 nobody told him. As far as I know, nobody told him that that's a nonsensical question because we all operate the same. It, we're, we're talking about something that goes beyond, you know, just mere morality here. But anyway, while there's a huge difference in terms of what's going on behind the cons- computer sp- computer screen there's also huge different on how things work outside of time space and the physical body so an atheist can live a very similar nearly identical life as a christian Uh, i would even say there could be some atheists that live better lives than some christians you know sure why not you know if if he or she chooses to do so an atheist can be just as virtuous according to our human understanding of virtue as a christian can but just because it looks the same on the surface doesn't mean it operates the same beyond what we can physically see just because a downloaded song or a downloaded video plays the same as a streamed video or a streamed song it doesn't mean the processes beyond what we can actually see or hear is the same uh it it doesn't mean that at all excuse me one second So, if a person wants to submit their own song to a streaming service or their article to a blogging platform on the internet, the song or article in question must meet certain standards in order to be accepted. It's just a fact. You know, they, they have to be a certain file format, they got to be a certain length, they, they have to contain certain content... Uh, things like that. There's also usually a cost involved in taking advantage of these types of services. You might think YouTube is free, but it is not free. It costs a lot of money to get anything on YouTube that anybody's going to watch. You, you you have to you have to put out quality content. You got you got to get good video. Uh, like I, I'd be willing to to bet, you know, while I believe in the content of this video, this video is not going to get viewed very much because the video quality is 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 not that great there's always a cost uh it costs your internet it costs your electricity but with christianity technically speaking the cost is great and the standards are impossibly high but for us christians that cost has been paid and we are not accountable to the standards in the same way that we would be anymore. Jesus Christ paid your cost for you on the cross. He, he, he purchased us. And the standards are now his to meet. And he, he, he allows us to come in with him. So through Jesus, we can be reconciled to God. All we have to do is believe. We have to have faith. we got to follow Jesus to make sure that our souls and spirits... Uh, will not have to endure the second death upon the inevitable death of the physical body. 
So don't allow yourself to remain unprotected in a body of death. Take advantage of the free gift of God. You know, he, he offers this to you through Jesus Christ. And I, I would say decide to align yourself with him today. And I'll just read you a few Bible verses uh, to, to make sense of this. Romans 10, 9-13 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Again, heart as a spiritual thing, mouth that's a physical thing. Uh, for the scripture says, Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, that's you, that's me, that's everyone, bestowing his riches on all who call on him, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and uh, eat with him and he with me. We got John 5, 19, 20 through 24, which says, uh, So Jesus said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these he will show you, so that you may marvel. For... As the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son. That's Jesus. That all may honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son, Jesus. Whoever does not honor Jesus, whoever does not honor the Son, does not honor the Father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. You are safe at that point. When you accept Jesus, you're safe. You're, you're, you're outside of this body of corruption. You're not contained within this body anymore. You, you know, you're a receiver now. That, that, that's all you are. And, and who, who, who you are, that's all, that I should say, that's all your physical body is. Who you are is safe with Jesus. Acts 16, 30-31 says, Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Acts four twelve says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men, which we must be saved. Okay, everybody, uh, we, we've got to get into some more stuff having to do with um, resurrection. Uh, so if you want to continue this conversation, uh, if you want to continue this video, please consider going over to dailyrenegade.com, uh, dailyrenegade.com and getting a membership and you can get the rest of this episode. So members, hang on the line. Uh, members only, we're going to get into some, into some really cool stuff. I'm going to give you an excerpt from my new book, uh, Afterlife, which is not available yet, but it will be soon. I'm going to read some of that to you. And it has to do with our future bodies, and it's going to continue this conversation. Uh, and for non-members, please consider being a member if you can. Uh, and if not, then please subscribe, leave a comment below. Let me know what you think. What do you think consciousness is? What do you think the mind and the spirit and the soul is? Are all these terms... Uh, 
meaning the same thing or are they different? I would love to know what you have to say. Please leave me a comment. Give this video a like. Please subscribe. Um, if you have any questions, email me at joshpeckdisclosure at gmail.com. I'll be happy to talk with you. Uh, so, non-members, thank you so much for watching. We're going to say goodbye to you. And for members, hang on the line while we, while we close up here. Uh, we have a lot more to get to.